Hey, everybody, welcome in to another episode of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. We are about a week away from National Signing Day, the early signing period in December, and it is going to be probably one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting of all time. So we got a lot to talk about today and before National Signing Day begins. So let's bring in John Simmons and Stephen Ostentoski, my uh, my partners in podcast. Uh, John, how you doing today, buddy? Pretty good, Vaughn. Getting ready for signing day. It's going to be a, a very fun Wednesday, next Wednesday. I, I'm looking forward to it. Stephen, how are you, my friend? You uh, you still recovering from the, uh, the two-hour live stream that you've been doing on Maze and Brew's YouTube channel? If you haven't checked that out, go check all of that out, Maze and Brew on YouTube. Stephen, Mr. Video Man, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Keeping busy. Um, unfortunately, it looks like hockey's going to slow down. They're reaching the end of their scheduled season. Basketball's going to slow down a bit towards Christmas. So, yeah, we'll see. I'll have to do more uh, more live streams to talk to people fired up about Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we ended up hitting 2,000 subscribers on the uh, YouTube channel, too. And, and Stephen's been a big part of that. So thank you to Stephen for doing that. And thank you to all the folks who have subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, go search Maze and Brew on YouTube. Steven's putting out some uh, really good content on there if you're interested in football breakdowns, basketball, hockey, all that stuff. Uh, it's real good stuff, so go check that out. But in the meantime, want to talk about uh, just coming up with a national signing day here next Wednesday. And obviously the elephant in the room is with uh, Jim Harbaugh and the uh, lack thereof extension and the announcement uh, lack thereof announcement of an extension, if it's even going to happen, and really how this has been hurting recruiting. And I feel like it's been really impacting it uh, over the last few weeks uh, more than anywhere else in this cycle here. Uh, so we're a week uh, leading up to National Signing Day, and uh, we've seen something unusual here on on Twitter, and that is kids that are really firmly committed to this 21 class for the Wolverines uh, pretty much tweeting that they are locked in and that they are going to be signing uh, on national signing day. JJ McCarthy being the latest one uh, saying something along the lines of uh, it's finally coming and that he'll be a Wolverine on December 16th. Uh, You shouldn't really have to have that be done from the crown jewel of your class. And uh, just given everything with Harbaugh and the bad season that has ensued, uh, this has led other recruits to doing this as well. Andrew Anthony uh, tweeted over the weekend in Harbaugh, we trust. Uh, and you've seen some other uh, kids tweeting out uh, their uh, reaffirmations to the class as well. I believe Rod Moore uh, was another one that uh, had reaffirmed he will be signing on December 16th. So obviously something unusual going on here. Uh, and I, I really do think that the lack of extension and the lack of the announcement of any extension with Harbaugh and U of M is really hurting this and really leading these kids to doing this. I, I don't really think that there's much else other than the fact that it's been a lousy season for the 2020 team. Um, but Obviously, uh, this unknown with Harbaugh and some of the other assistant coaches uh, has led to uh, negatively impacting their chances with some of these other recruits. Obviously, George Rooks now getting crystal balls to Boston College. That's obviously not good news. You have Minnesota and Miami still going after Jaden Hood. And you obviously have 
Uh, Jane McBurrows, the lone cornerback in this class, also being targeted by Miami as well. And obviously, with Xavier Worthy going to visit Alabama for the Iron Bowl a couple weeks ago, he announced on Twitter that he will be uh, giving his final decision on December 16th, even though he is still a verbal commit to Michigan. It'll be between Michigan and Alabama, and we usually uh, know how these things go. So, John, (laughs) this is really just an interesting time for Michigan football recruiting. Uh, You put together an article uh, last week about the 21 commits most likely to flip, and uh, in the one-foot-out-the-door section, uh, you have a couple guys that I already mentioned Xavier Worthy and Jaden Hood. So I'll just ask you real quick, uh, a gun to head, uh, which of those two is more likely to end up elsewhere? And do you think that one of those guys actually does end up flipping? Uh, yeah, I would choose Jaden Hood uh, to go somewhere else. And I I don't think it's really that close just because Hood's been teetering on the edge about uh, maybe going to a different school before even the season started and everything, you know, spiraled out of control and Harbaugh's job status became a question. So he's been thinking about it even before he hasn't been to campus, didn't take the opportunity to go up there with his teammate, Jada McBurrows. So I think his heart wasn't always in Michigan's class even before. So, so this only just pushes him out the door even more, I'd say. Uh, Worthy, it seems more like he's likely to stay on if Josh Gaddis gets retained uh, as the offensive coordinator and would be his wide receivers coach. So clearly they have a really good connection. So if, um, you know, he ends up getting fired, you know, there ends up being a staff reshuffling, then you can pretty much guarantee he's going to go to Alabama. But as long as he's still on the staff, you know, you got to give Michigan a good uh, fighting chance there. I still think the odds are, would be pretty uh, 50-50 if Gaddis was retained, but it would definitely be better than him leaving. So just given that there's still a clear path for me to see Worthy staying in the class, I would, I would say Hood is definitely more likely to go. Just your opinion, John, real quick. If you think that an extension for Harbaugh had already been announced or if they've had a better season, let's say they end up beating Michigan State and you know at least kept it close with Indiana, maybe had another win in there uh, against whoever. Um, you know, If they're a 500 team even, do you think that uh, Worthy is still even on – uh, the edge of potentially flipping because it really seems like, like you had mentioned, it seems like his recruitment is kind of tied to Gaddis a little bit. Uh, do you think the head coach at all or a better season would have, would have helped Michigan's chances here a little bit? Yeah, it's hard to say, but it definitely winning more games would help. I think the Michigan state game was a big one because that was the game he was on campus for. Um, and right. you know, that was probably the worst loss out of all giving, how uh, yeah. badly they've looked the rest of the season. So I'd, I'd have to say that if I had to pick one game for Michigan to have won this year, I would have picked Michigan State for sure. Steven, I want to flip it over to you because just tying in with the whole Michigan State game, like how John was just uh, uh, talking about, uh, with with this lack of extension, you know, I, I really feel that if the season had gone better or if the extension had already been announced, uh, another guy like Rayshon Benny, uh, may have committed uh, to the class and you would have had uh, definitely uh, solidified that defensive tackle position a little bit better, but he ended up committing to Michigan state shortly after the Spartans went into the big house and beat Michigan. And it, which is very peculiar because it really seemed like Benny was 
pretty much already a Wolverine, given the fact that he was wearing Michigan Jumpman gear during his uh, high school football games when uh, you're still able to play high school football in the state of Michigan. Um, but uh, could have helped with him. It could have helped with another guy like uh, Omarion Cooper, who is still committed to Florida State, but he's been kind of like Jaden Hood on the edge of potentially flipping or at least uh, looking into other programs. He's been uh, communicating with Michigan for quite a while. So, Stephen, I just want to get your overall thoughts on on the Harbaugh lack of extension and how much it really is hurting recruiting. Yeah, I think for – you mentioned O'Marion Cooper. I think you could have, like, Sierra Wright in there as well. I would even put Donovan Edwards in that bucket where – they're guys who I think needed just some stability to sway them in the, in the right direction. Cause Cooper, you know, with Florida state, there's a lot of questions there, even with USC and Sierra, right. Um, lots of questions about that program. And then Donovan Edwards, obviously being closer to home, um, having some like less questions closer to home would help, uh, I think alleviate some of maybe if there are any concerns for him, but just make the decision a little bit easier, right. For those guys who or maybe their primary schools um, in, in Wright and Cooper's sense were maybe not mm-hmm. trending in the right direction, where the lack of stability in Michigan's case here without an extension has just prolonged their decisions, where I think if, if it wasn't the case there where they knew who the coaching staff would be, not only Harbaugh, but the coordinators as well, we would have seen a decision already. Um, so that's just like one thing where, you know, we still don't know where they're going to end up, but it definitely didn't help. And I think the most frustrating th- thing for me is in this case, if an extension does happen, um, it's almost like a foregone conclusion that whatever would have happened in 2020, um, he was going to get extended regardless, right? Because going into the season, it's like, all right, if he really struggles, then we'll part ways and move on to the next staff. That's not the case here, right? He's obviously, it's a struggling program. This isn't like a team where their losses are, you know, really close losses. They've been getting pretty handily beaten. So it's not like, oh, um, you know, we'll see and based off the output of the 2020 team, we'll make a decision whether to keep or, or let him go it seems like if he's getting an extension, the only re like the, I guess the only thing that like comes into account is recruiting. And, and if you're going to extend him after this product we've seen on the field in 2020, there's no reason you couldn't have made that decision before the season. So that's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the issue I have where it's only a negative in recruiting. There was nothing gained from extending him now versus before the season. You still would have people who are probably be just as upset, but you're really hurting those guys where their decisions are at least paused in Wright, Cooper, and Edwards' case. And even though Isaac Thompson's a 2022 guy, it almost certainly decided it for him at least early on to stick with Missouri instead of going to Michigan. And that's not even bringing up other guys like Worthy Hood, McBurrows, and Rooks, where it's a big factor. So it's, it's again, it's more of just a frustration with the overall, um, like, athletic director and, like, program decision to wait this long for seemingly no reason. I can't think of many reasons that would, uh, that would make them wait until now to do that action. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> 
I, well, honestly, and this is just my speculation. I have no intel on this whatsoever, so take this with a grain of salt. But in my opinion, I, I feel like there's something holding Ward Manuel back from just announcing the extension for Harbaugh. I feel like if there had been a better 2020 season for Michigan, I feel like it would have been already done, written, signed, sealed, delivered, faxed, whatever. Um, but I feel like this 2020 season really put a pause on Ward Manuel really wanting to extend Harbaugh. Obviously, he's got one season left on uh, the deal that he signed back in uh, December of 2014. Uh, so maybe there was some pause for Ward Manuel to to really think about what he wants to do moving forward with the program. Obviously, his uh, job could be on the line, and I'm sure that he very well knows that considering Michigan has always been and probably always will be the football school. Uh, in the state and it's the primary thing that brings in money to the University of Michigan so I'm sure Mark Schlissel the president of the university is probably breathing down his neck saying hey man uh, you see what's going on we haven't got a single win at the big house this entire season and uh, the two wins that Michigan does have not very impressive ones obviously Minnesota fell off a cliff and Rutgers it took three overtime periods to to beat them um so uh, definitely not great but that that's just my uh, my take um that's just my guess it, like again i have no intel on any of that but i i think that's really the main thing uh, with the holdup and obviously recruiting is just a victim of circumstance uh, with this holdup uh if that even really is the holdup but whatever the case is uh, recruiting is taking a major impact obviously you have a few guys committed uh, teetering on the fence of whether you want to stay in the class or look somewhere else. And obviously uh, we already brought up Jaden hood. He's not going to be signing in December. He's going to be waiting until after the December period. He's going to give it until February during the traditional signing period. And, and this is just my opinion. If the season had gone better and things had been a, a little more clear with Harbaugh's, future with the program I feel like it probably wouldn't have been the case it could have been just because he has never visited uh, the University of Michigan before and he committed without ever visiting so that's um, uh, quite the ballsy thing to do for any recruit but in my opinion I feel like there just wouldn't be this many uh, uh, these many kids on on the fence and uh, are really struggling to decide whether whether or not they want to sign with U of M or not. Uh, John, I, I want to bring you back into this conversation as well. I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, everything going on with, with Harbaugh, with uh, the lack of extension, uh, with the bad season going on, really just how much everything kind of uh, played into uh, this weird, weird recruiting period that's been going on over the last few weeks. I, I, I feel like if you were to draw like a, like a pie chart or something, what would you split up? Uh, the blame as to why this weird recruiting stuff is going on. Would you just do it like a 50 50 or would you split it up evenly uh, in, in another way? How would you do it? Yeah. It's hard to tell who's like between Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh is responsible for not having an extension done here by now. I mean, I know Jim has always said he wants to retire here and there haven't really been any serious rumors of him going back to the NFL before the season started. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that he was the one resisting. I do think COVID-19 deserves a little bit of the blame for, you know, there were reports that they were going to lock up an extension in the spring, but then 
the pandemic hit and it would have been bad optics to, you know, give him millions of dollars while they're slashing, uh, you know, athletic department and salaries across the university. So uh, that's definitely one reason why the, the timeline got pushed back. And I'm sure they weren't expecting Harbaugh's job status to be in question when they, you know, circle back to it. So um, I do think it, this this weird the season also being pushed back makes it tougher um, just because, you know, in a normal year, the Ohio State game would have been the the week uh, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving and they would have had, you know, three weeks before the first signing day to make a move if they wanted to replace the coach. They would have been able to, you know, maybe get their guy and the new person, whoever it would have been, would have had, you know, more time to kind of circle the wagons and get the guys uh, already in the class on board and sticking with the team. But now if that were to happen after this, um, after the Ohio State game this year, he'd only have, you know, 10 days maybe to find to fire Harbaugh, hire a new coach and have him uh, recruit everybody again, really. And that's just basically impossible. So the pushback season, the pandemic, everything just kind of happened at the worst time for uh, Michigan to have a, a guy going into his last year of his contract. Yeah, and I feel like the uncertainty with some of these guys, it's really going to affect how recruiting goes in 2022 as well. And and we'll get into Isaac Thompson a little more specifically uh, in a little bit. But with Hood on the fence, I mean, that's your middle linebacker in the class. If he ends up committing somewhere else to, you know, whether it's Minnesota or Miami or I guess Maryland's on his tail now too, um, you know, that would be a really big loss for the program. They, he's the middle linebacker of the class. You got a few other linebackers in there. Uh, but not someone with his skill set. So you would have to uh, definitely have to accommodate to that in 22 and just hope and pray that uh, some of the other guys that you've already got in the program, whether it be McGrone coming back or Kalel Mullins, just hope and pray that uh, they end up performing uh, to their recruiting ranking. Obviously, McGrone already has. Mullins is uh, quite an unknown. They haven't played him a ton this year. Um Steven, I'll just throw it back to you for one final thought here. Uh, just uh, how do you think this really impacts things uh, moving forward with 22? And uh, I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, obviously you don't have to say any names or anything, but uh, how many losses do you think uh, Michigan has in the 21 class when, it, when it's all said and done? So this one's going to be interesting where uh, it, it's really tough. I'd say like anywhere from five to 10 overall, um, I could see that being lower, but given it's an in, it's interesting timing because we have the like free transfer rule, um, like the the one free transfer that the NCAA is going to have now, where it could very well be the case where these guys really like what Michigan has to offer, but obviously they committed to a different staff or at least some of them really heavily weighed in on that, where they may not have the time here or. Um, you know, they would just put a lot of weight in what that first year looked like. Maybe not, not especially the results of the year, but how do they, how do they gel with that coaching staff? So I could even see it like less than that five and five to 10 number I initially said, and have that be like delayed a year where you have guys who just simply don't mesh well with, um, you know, new coordinators coming in or, or anything, um, whatever changes are made. Um, they wait that year because they, you know, maybe they really like the university and, and still like the program, but maybe don't mesh well with that staff. So I'd still probably put that number in five to 10, but disperse between um, like the, the 21 class and then maybe like uh, those guys even before they sign. And then 
a combination of, of those guys with guys after uh, a season or maybe, um, you know, in the middle of that first season. So it's going to be unique with that, um, that new change where they'll be able to freely explore elsewhere after the fact. So I think, I think you're going to have a, a higher number of those than you would traditionally um, just because of the situation overall. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you're pretty spot on with that. I, I, I could definitely see. I, I guess it just depends, too, if any of the assistant coaches are let go. And I'm, I'm going to assume that a, at least a few of them are. Um, so if you let a Don Brown go or a Sean Nua go, does someone like Quentin Somerville end up going somewhere else? Because uh, I know Georgia was on his tail originally before he committed to U of M. So obviously it'd be tough uh, with their class. They've already got a ton of really good players there, but – could affect someone like Quentin Somerville, could affect somebody uh, like Kashawn Bennett. And, uh, you know, I, I just I, I questioned some of the uh, uh, commitments uh, really down the line here. Uh, if if some of these defensive coaching uh, or coaches would be let go here. So, yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. And uh, obviously this is uh, being recorded uh, before any potential extension uh, gets announced. Obviously, it would be our luck <laughs> if we uh, end up publishing this after the fact. So uh, if it does get published after the fact, very sorry, but uh, these are our thoughts and opinions on a Monday evening where Harbaugh still hasn't been extended. So uh, there you go. So uh, we will take a quick break. We'll talk about uh, Isaac Thompson a little more in depth here. Um, but first, want to talk to you about our latest sponsor, Amazing Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield. And if you haven't heard of Homefield yet, it is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest in Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfortable, but is officially licensed gear, so they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the team over at Homefield studies every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful designs that tells the unique story of each university and they launched the Michigan line uh, back in November and they have some really cool original designs that you really will not find anywhere else from t-shirts to crew home field has anything you need to stay cozy while rooting for your favorite team. So if you are looking for some vintage apparel, uh, then look no further than Homefield and use the promo code MNB, as in Maize and Brew, to get 20% off the entirety of your first order. And it's not just one item. That's the whole freaking order. So, again, promo code MNB at checkout, and you'll get 20% off uh, your entire first order. And be in mind here, uh, COVID-19, it's brought supply chain disruptions and increased online shopping uh, which also unfortunately means overwhelmed shipping services. So uh, in order to sh ensure that you get a timely delivery uh, before December 24th, uh, they are asking you to please place your order no later than December 10th. So uh, you, by the time this is published, you're really going to uh, be pressed for time here. So again, if you want it before Christmas Eve, uh, place that order no later than December 10th. So again, head over to a homefieldapparel.com, promo code MNB, and start shopping for the holidays today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. All right, and we are back. We're going to wrap up the pod today. The pod of doom, really. Uh, there's nothing good in this podcast today, and we greatly apologize for that. Uh, obviously not our fault. You can blame Michigan and Harbaugh if you want. But uh, Isaac Thompson, we talked about him very briefly in our last conversation, and uh, he's a 2022 defensive back uh, from the Midwest in Missouri, a uh, four-star safety it seemed like he was all blue, man. And then he ended up committing to Missouri, the hometown school there, committed on December 4th over the likes of Michigan. And he, I mean, he had offers from a lot of pretty good programs here, Auburn, Florida, Miami, LSU, just to name a few there. So a pretty big loss here because Michigan really hasn't had a 22 recruit commit to them. Uh, since September, it's been quite a while. And uh, John, I just want to get your uh, take on everything here uh, with this recruitment, with uh, what you really think led to Thompson uh, committing to Missouri over Michigan, because it really sounded like uh, Harbaugh was pushing for him uh, to commit to Michigan uh, leading up to his commitment date. And uh, he obviously visited a few weeks back with some of the other big time recruits like Tomani Jackson and Will Johnson, those kind of guys. And it seemed like he was really all blue and then ends up going to Missouri. So just want to get your take on everything. And if you expect Michigan to still pursue him uh, despite his Missouri commitment. Yeah, this is a strange one Uh, coming out of that Michigan visit. He was all Michigan, um, but that, you know, was before a couple more bad losses um, so it wasn't surprising to see him look around. He kind of quickly, uh, you know, went on a visit to Missouri, which was close by, um, and then a virtual visit, I think, to Arkansas. So if, then it looked like um, right before his commitment date that he was going to end up switching to Missouri. But then Harbaugh and Matt Dudick, the recruiting coordinator, get on the phone with him and, like, apparently talked to him for a long time, pitching him about the program, and it seems to – almost have worked uh looks like they they got him to definitely think about things but in the end it just wasn't enough to overcome the uncertainty and the poor showing this season so he ended up sticking with the hometown team in in Missouri um but I don't think that's going to stop Michigan from going I think they had a good enough lead to begin with that if they kind of return to some sense of normalcy or get something positive out of you know this offseason next season uh there's still going to be a chance for, for them to flip him uh, back. You know, it's kind of just a weird situation where you set a commitment date, clearly, you know, knowing that that uh, the school that you're going to choose at that point, but then, you know, something changes and you don't want to go to that school anymore. Kids will just stick to that commitment date instead of maybe pushing it back. Um, so those commitments seem less likely to stick than others just because, it, you know, it's more based on, oh, I said this and I don't want to go back on it rather than I've – finally made up my mind and found the place I want to go to. So it, there's definitely still room for Michigan to uh, get back in the race here, uh, in my opinion. 
Steven, just want to throw it over to you. Just get your initial thoughts and, and reaction when he ended up uh, committing to Missouri. Uh, I, I'm kind of in the same wheelhouse that John is, that this isn't really like a, a strong, firm commitment. It's not a J.J. McCarthy-like commitment where you know he's he's locked in, he's, he's good to go, nothing's going to deter him whatsoever. I feel like there is still a shot, like John said, to continue recruiting him and maybe get a flip. Uh, later down the line, but just a, an odd way of doing things overall. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it was interesting to me that like the first conversation he had was with Dudek and Harbaugh and not Don Brown. I know there was like word that he had talked to Don Brown afterwards, after that initial call uh, with those two. So uh, just a strange situation. I think you could maybe read into a little bit with the plans for Michigan and the defensive staff moving forward. And I think the uncertainty there definitely led uh, at least had to play a part in my opinion to Isaac Thompson's commitment to Missouri. Um, but yeah, I agree with what both you guys said. I, you know, there's tons of time between now and uh, signing day for the class of 2022 overall. So uh, Michigan would be uh, silly to not continue to pursue, but um, you know, for, for him, it, it adds some stability to him. You know, he can focus on his uh, next season, relax a little bit with a firm commitment. Um, if things are looking good for Michigan's, um, you know, whatever new direction they take at defense that I would expect Michigan to do, uh, if that starts looking good and it's still a good fit uh, for Thompson there, I would expect them to turn back on the heat and Michigan to be in a good spot there. But mm -hmm. um I mean, it's pretty clear Michigan's not in a good spot there. So I can't, can't blame Thompson for, for going with the hometown uh, school. That's, you know, probably done a pretty solid job and a lot of effort recruiting him. And then um, I see this as like a chapter, right? It might end up being a, a one chapter book, but you could have a second chapter depending on um, how Michigan writes that book. You like that analogy? That was pretty good. That, okay. that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate that. So uh yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the next chapter has in store for us. But, but yeah, well, his, his main recruiter um, from Michigan was Sharon Moore, uh, uh, interestingly enough, who kind of is the Midwest recruiter for Michigan. So it's not too unusual, but definitely interesting that Sharon Moore, at least uh, reportedly, uh, was not on that a Zoom call with Harbaugh and Dudek when they were uh, I from just in my mind I just I just see them just on their knees pleading please please just commit to us please we need something good um, that's what I would have done at least but I was gonna say I thought that was just you Von not <laughs> <laughs> if I were in their shoes that's <laughs> that's what I would have done they the program needs good news somewhere anywhere and you just can't. Seem to find it. It's like a needle in a haystack, um, combing the desert, so to speak. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I, I think they end up continuing to recruit him just because they really uh, liked him uh, initially, and I, I don't think they're gonna uh, just uh, can uh, just go after other safeties just because he ended up committing to uh, Missouri. And it, it, like we had talked about, it just doesn't really seem like a, a firm commitment by any means, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's certainly not good news by any means when you have to talk about uh, kids uh, that end up setting a commitment date. You imagine that it's all Michigan because all the crystal balls were on Michigan at that point, and that was coming off that visit weekend is when he locked it in. So it, 
really interesting that, um, you know, it wasn't just a commitment right away. So maybe he knew, like, he just wanted to see how things went uh, after the next couple weeks because that was, I believe, the week that Michigan got uh, absolutely blasted by Wisconsin on primetime. So maybe he just wanted to see how the next few weeks went uh, before committing and then had that contingency plan with uh, hometown Missouri. Uh, I guess we'll really never know the full story there, but uh, just speculation on my part. So, um any other final thoughts on, on this or anything that we've talked about at all tonight? No, I'm good. I'm just tired, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, t- I'm, you know, I'm just tired of, of giving our viewers, our listeners, our, our loving listeners, bad news. We need some good news, man. You know, it, it's, it's tough to find these days with this COVID going on and then all of this going on too. We need some good news. John, can you give us any good news? Is there anything good? That with a bunch of high school seasons being canceled this fall, there will be a good opportunity for maybe the staff to get some late risers that uh, play in the, the spring after signing day to add to 2021. That's what I've been thinking about mostly. There you go. Yeah. How the class hey, may not be finished in February. I appreciate that silver lining, <laughs> John. I can, you can always rely on John Simmons to just give that little ounce of – of, uh, of a spark at, at the end of any podcast. You are the voice of reason, John. Don't let anybody tell you differently, okay? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I always appreciate it, man. Well, hey, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, hopping on the pod as always, and I appreciate everybody out there for listening to A Future Brew here, uh, despite there not really being much uh, good stuff to talk about here. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter, at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And Steven? At Steven Toski. And give Maze of Brew a like and a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Steven's YouTube channel, Maze and Brew. Um, just, I believe, just hit over 2,000 subscribers. So uh, keep supporting the YouTube channel as well. And be sure to like and uh, rate whatever you got to do for all of the podcasts here on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you again for listening. So for John and Steven, I'm Vaughn. We'll talk to you guys next week, right before National Signing Day. Cannot wait.